Welcome back, faithful McSauce podcast listeners. From our week break, I think we're all back and feeling good and refreshed, uh, ready to yes. ready to deliver the goods. If right? you will. Oh yeah. We're recording on Monday night, August nineteenth, episode twenty-two of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me are Larper Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Cassell. <laughs> That's me. Is that your new one? That's me. It's a me. Well, Well, he is Italian, folks. Our Italian stallion. Or would you be the Italian pony? Ooh. I'm going to let that one simmer. That's Matt's maneuver. That's his finishing move. Dead silence. (laughs) So being that we had a a, a handful of uh, themed podcasts leading up to last week's break... Um, we're going to do a little bit of a dealer's choice, uh, just general, what you've been up to, talking about some stuff. Just checking in with each just other. Just checking in with each other. How are you doing, Seeing where you've been. I've been great. How have you been? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. But before we get into any of that silly stuff, um, Ian's going to give us a little housekeeping with himself. Housekeeping all by myself. It's great to be back. I feel very refreshed. Welcome back. Yes, thank you. Well, welcome everybody back. Welcome everyone back to the McSoft Studios. I hope that uh, some of our loyal fans took the time out while we were gone to go back and check out some of the uh, episodes that we posted. Some of our favorite episodes, the prequel episode, Dwayne Johnson gets hit by a bus, the horror episode, and of course, High Fives All Around, starring Dom Yossi. <laughs> you can find those at mixos.com, mixos.com. I, I said yours first. The prequels. Oh, sorry. Are you, are are you listening? Are you part? Or? Come on, man. Mixos.podomatic.com, Stitcher Radio as well. You can find us in the iTunes store. Write a review. Uh, tell us how much you love Mixos. Like us on Facebook. We always like to talk and uh, have different conversations on the Facebook as well as Twitter. You can reach all of us at our Twitter handles. Uh, the old Facebook. One day, Paul will be involved in Facebook, and he'll be able to see all your lovely comments. But until now, I'll just tell him. I'm gonna hold out. It. I'm gonna hold out for the next what Facebook. What are our Twitter handles? Our Twitter handles are at Gint underscore McSauce, at the Sauce, at Little Depressed Matt, at Cerebrus for Dominic Yossi. Oh, Dom. Good buddy, Dominic. Um, this past weekend, Dominic and myself participated in a podcast on a Fireside Chat. Uh, my friend Ryan is uh, trying to branch out and do a different version of his Fireside Chat show. It was a full round table. It was basically all of our friends uh, having a party, sitting around, and talking into a microphone. It's a fireside chat after dark, and uh, we talk about all different kinds of stuff like uh, what we think squirting is and how gay some certain activities are. Also play Mary F. Kill, if you're familiar with that, the TGIF edition. We can say Mary Fuck Kill. Mary Fuck Kill. I don't think there are any children listening to the podcast. Oh, sorry, Wayne's kids. <laughs> 
So yeah, check out the Fireside Chat and the new edition of Fireside Chat After Dark. You know what? I was um, I was particular particularly intrigued about the uh, is squirting urine debate. This debate has raged on for the past couple weekends, and uh, Alan did a lot of research and even brought... He really did. He went, as I like to say, balls deep. He did go balls deep with the squirting. Um, so it was interesting to see everybody's reaction with that. I thought it was a lot of fun to record, so um, I Tune hope... into a fireside chat. Yeah, yes. After Dark, part, part one. Part one, part two, next week. But part one of our return from vacation is happening right now. And uh, how was how was vacation, Paul? You actually went somewhere where me and Matt stayed here in beautiful, scenic Pittsburgh. Uh, vacation was fantastic. It was uh, a lot of drinking. It was kind of exhausting. I needed a couple days of decompression after we got back. It was a good time. I would, uh, I would recommend... Um, the Outer Banks for a vacation, even though the weather down there was the same as it is here. It's kind of a bummer if you want to go to the beach. Yeah, it's kind of depressing, really. This so, has been a, an unpleasant August, I would say. If you enjoy, if you enjoy hot summertime weather, this August sucks. Are you a summertime guy, Matt? Well, kind of, yeah. I enjoy the summer. Um... I, I prefer the fall. Yeah. But I don't... Fuck that, the fall, that man. Seems, you seem like <laughs> a, a fall kind of guy. I can imagine your fall attire. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would think that you would have, like, a scarf or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't you... Do a you have a scarf? scarf? I would say... I, I, I would imagine that you would break that shit out early. Matt's a little... I think Matt's a little more fashionably cognizant he's of fashion what, of what he's doing yeah yeah that's maybe that's what i'm trying to we say. do ian and i do a lot of shorts and a t-shirt whatever yeah you're wearing a plain t-shirt tonight but that's not always the case and you know this well yeah sometimes i bring out the ascot <laughs> <laughs> or 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 for the you know if i ever get invited to a fireside chat podcast oh, oh, being called out i will bring my dickie uh, other than that, I don't, I don't, well, then I also have my fedora, but that's it. Do you really if own you a fedora? Do, if you do fireside chat or more than you can chew, you have to dress up. I would love to see this. <laughs> dress up. Do you have a, do you own a fedora? Uh, no. Do you think I should get one? I'm a little disappointed I, that I you almost don't. might buy I was going to fuck with you, but now that you don't, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, I'm bummed out. We can go fedora shopping. Do you guys have like fedoras? Like Indiana Jones. Oh, no. No, I have well, a I don't think baseball caps. See, I don't. Well, I have I have ba- baseball caps. You don't. You don't wear them very often. No, not not as often as I used to. I wore I wore baseball caps, the majority of my high school career, mostly because I had hair down past my shoulders and it was just easier to throw it all up in a hat. But I was always afraid that it was gonna result in some kind of early balding. Then I realized, you know what? I have a great head of hair. <laughs> I can't hide this shit under a hat. I need to let it all out there. I, I need wore, to get it out. Let people see it. Let people touch it. I wore baseball caps for a good part of my high school career. I have, a, I still have a California Angels hat that I really like. 
80s, 80s angels, early 90s angels? It was the, When they were still was, the California angels? They were the angels. California angels. It was the last year they were the California angels, and I still have that hat. I love that fucking They were the hat. California California I thought they were angels. the Los was, Angeles angels. No, C, it no. was like a C and an A, and uh, they were a uh, uh, blue ball, dark blue ball cap, red lettering. Yeah, they were the California angels. Then I believe for a brief period, they were the Anaheim angels. With and that then, stupid A with the wings yeah, on and it, and then and now I think they're still the Los Angeles Angels of, of Anaheim. Anaheim, and they have an A with a halo around it, but there was which a, is a solid logo. Yeah, solid yeah, yeah. I, and I I want to say that they took the A from the old California Angels look. Oh yeah, the old C and the A. Yeah, but that was yeah. my favorite hat. I wore that fucking thing all over the. That was like my uniform back in like sophomore junior year. I had, I had a, it was, I had a hat, it was my favorite hat, I still have it somewhere, I, I refused to get rid of it, I, it wasn't fitted, it had the clippy thing in the back. Man, I had a boner for fitted hats, dude, I which love I, those Which I wore hats. to death, so all the little knots were broken off, I had to electrical tape it together. Oh, jeez. It was navy blue, it had a little pizza guy on the front, and above him it said deliver. Nice. I haven't been able to wear a hat in the longest time just because I don't get haircuts ever. So I haven't worn a hat in the longest fucking time. I was, uh, my t-ball team when I was a kid, we were the Angels. Um, my dad coached that team. We were, we were powder blue. We had the, the, the foamy, like, hats with the mesh in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Paul said with the clippy, whatever those. I had, I had one of those. Did you play a lot of sports as a kid, Matt? Uh, I played t-ball through, like, um, just when the kids start pitching until I realized I couldn't hit at all. Um, And then I got into um, football. I I thought you were going to say fellatio. And then, yeah, that was my sport. Or hand hand to dick and mouth. They kind of do. Tip to lips. I believe what? it's called on the McSauce podcast. Yes. Now, wh- what what position did you play? Um, well, I was like a slot receiver. That sounds filthy, but <laughs> yeah, um, you were. Tip the lips in the slot. <laughs> uh, and you then, would be good. You're you're very Wes Welkery. Yeah. Well, you are very Wes Welkery. Yeah, I was gonna grow a mustache, <laughs> but I couldn't grow a, a sufficient one in in high school. Um, I don't think well, I could. Who could? Me. Ian. I've Ian. had a mustache since 1996. <laughs> Ian's had a mustache since he was 11. I Ian's had a mustache out the womb. Ian's high school picture looks suspiciously like Will Smith circa Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, my. It, I, I it's can, uncanny, I, I the can, resemblance. I can vouch for that. Except um, the ears. Yeah, yeah. The I can proportionate ears. I can say that my high school picture... Does kind of look like sweet fade. There's, sweet fade. There's a sweet fade going on. Maybe I'll post it. I know some of you out there have seen it before, uh, but yeah, maybe I'll post my. I like I like the current thing you have going. I don't know it's what it's style. called. I don't give a fuck thing. Do it's you like going... it because that's what you're familiar with? No, because I've seen the old shit. Have you? Have you? Uh, yeah. Have you seen? Fresh Prince of Monroeville? <laughs> Born and raised. Um, maybe not. Were you, no, did, did you I grow up I in did. West Monroeville? 
Uh, you know what? I don't know. I, I, um... You don't know? How do you not know? No, nah, because Monroeville, I, there's not north, south, east, west Monroeville. I grew up in, uh, Garden City. Are you, that, are, are you east Monroeville? Like, on the other side of, of Hickory, Herkimer, what the fuck is that street called? Whoa. What? Hermitage. Hay- Haymaker? Haymaker. Haymaker. On uh, the other side of Haymaker, doesn't it become Murraysville or something? It becomes, there's, like, Pitcairn and Trafford, and then... On the other, yeah, and then the other side it turns into, uh, Marysville sort of. Is the playground where you spent most of your days? Yes, yes, yes. Did it's, you? Uh, yeah. I this spent is a lot of good. This. Here's a. Fresh a, Prince is like an autobiography. Here, here's a circa art school picture of me with glasses. Jesus. And, Why do you look like you're gonna? Like hurt somebody. Is that dude behind you? Uh, this is Anthony Bird and Jason P. And the person taking. I know this, Jason Bird. The, the I per- was with in school with you guys. The person taking this picture, Steve the Mead Cat Mead. Oh, Mead Cat. This is coming at you. This is one of the first days of my uh, career at PTI, and I don't think I like Steve Mead very much, so that's why you're I looking, have that. You're looking hard. You need to post that. But then, eventually, I fell in love with Steve Mead. And, Didn't uh, we all? We Didn't did. We all. And then I went on to live with Steve for a little bit of time. Is that because you fell in love with him? Yeah, it was. So you guys lived together? Yes, we did live together. The meat cat was the fucking man. I love that kid. Dare I say, you lived together tips to lips? Uh, sure. <laughs> we'll go that far. We'll say that. Are you bringing up the uh, the big fade picture here? No, I'm bringing up a picture of Paul McGinty oh. circa this era. I know this is horrible podcasting. I, I promise you people, I'll, I'll post these pictures. But here is oh, Paul McGinty. Look at that. Yeah, I've seen that. I've looks, seen that. He looks exactly the same. Look at that he beautiful, beautiful head of hair. That was before Paul realized he could grow facial hair. Yeah. It, I, it, I, I hated... I, I had hated, a stallion for a long time. I hated pre... I love bearded Paul. That's oh, my I, lo- favorite I love version. him too. Yeah. I love him too. It's even too... Like what you got going on right now, it's too light. Right. I agree. I want a little short. Why? Yeah, I, I don't, short I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, you need a little fuller. Mm-hmm. When Paul and I first started working together, I had a beard and he didn't. And I still don't agree with no beard, Matt. Um, I had a beard because I had been laid off and then I quit, like, caring. And, and, and I let my facial hair just kind of go. And um, I didn't hate it, but I, I couldn't grow a complete beard. But I can remember Paul admired it. When we first started working together, I don't think I it's... liked playoff beard, Matt. I really like that. Oh, you like that? Mm-hmm. See, I'm not a, I don't, uh, I don't um, fancy my beard. No, no, not Is the way it... other men do. Apparently, it's it's fine. We're allowed to appreciate yeah. in the no, no. manliness. Yeah, of, of I other like men. your beard. Oh, thank you, thank You're you. Welcome. It's a it's a staple. It's a little fuller. Yeah, a yeah. little fuller than the strap. Yeah, um, the strap was going mm-hmm. for a long time, and but. Thickened it, but I remember, <laughs> what, like, I'm telling you, this was, could have even been the first day at work. Paul was like, "Oh, you know, if I could grow a beard, I totally would." And uh, I think it was through my beard he was inspired to give it a shot himself. And no. uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Mm, that's why? not why. Why? Because we did the the beard off the beard. Is that when you did it? That's when I did it. Okay, so. Finally, you decided to grow the beard, and, and it has 
pretty much stayed for the last five years almost. I was like, fuck, look how handsome I am. Well, Paul said that it, it, it does. I'm even in, handsomer with the beard. It, it does raise in. your hansa, hansability <laughs> quite a few notches. <laughs> now, now, what is Paul without a beard? Is he a, a, a six? Ah, jeez, I would, I would say still a seven. With a beard, eight, nine. You Woo! think he's a nine? Handsome. Well, handsome like, what, man. what's a 10? Jason Priestley? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you I, know what? I don't even think Jason Priestley is the go to good, best good looking dude. Yeah, let's do that. Who is. Well, let. Oh, okay. It's Luke, oh, no. it's Luke, Luke Perry. Perry. And that's what the girl said the other night because I thought Jason, in, in my naivete, I thought that Jason Priestley was the one that everybody liked, but apparently not. Well, for me, I liked him better. Luke Perry's a little bit like kind of. I never watched Niner. Luke Perry. I never watched Niner. Yeah, well, Luke Perry was. I mean, back then, he clearly had the highest handsomeity rating on Nine Hundred Two One Zero. But he he's that really weird thing that they do on shows all the time where they get like a thirty-five-year-old to play an eighteen-year-old. Right, right. But it never re. He always looked fucking old but i think luke perry has looked like 40 years old his entire life even when he's 90 he'll look like he's 40 see but brian austin green grew into his role and i think even afterwards his handsability went up someone needs to cast him in a comedy he needs to have brian his austin own sick he was did you that ever dude watch is fucking hilarious but he's also he's a good actor too did you ever watch um the terminator tv show no. With Summer Glau? <clears throat> he was fucking great in that. I'll take and handsome. For it. Uh, are you not a Terminator fan? Uh, no, I like Terminator. I'm not a TV show fan. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, it was really good. Do you remember the shortly lived... I gotta sick- tell you, dude. Luke yeah, Perry Luke, doesn't look for it. He's, 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 he's put on... Well, I haven't, I haven't Googled he Luke lo- Perry looks, in a while. He looks 70. But he's he's... In some pictures, he looks 70. In some pictures, he, he looks like look, Brian Cranston. He doesn't like look... Yeah, 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 yeah. He does look like... When they do the flashbacks... <laughs> he looks break, like an old Brian Cranston. When they do the Breaking Bad prequel show, he's going to play him. Yeah. So, um... Have you seen Freddy? The Freddie Prince Jr. sitcom? You're in love with Freddie Prince Jr. Why are you in love with him? Why? I don't really know. He's just... He just does something to me. This goes into um, an uh, earlier podcast. We were talking about who's the other dude that you love to? Ryan Reynolds. Not Ryan Reynolds. I understand that. That's fine. But um, he was remember. in a high school musical. What oh, else? Zach Efron. Zach Efron. You have a yes. giant lady boner for him. I do. I do. Zach Efron, that's where it's at. I always love whenever you talk about, uh-oh, that sounds like a murder or Brian. <laughs> <laughs> It's up oh, both. Hi, <laughs> oh, buddy. Who's your favorite dude from nine hundred two one zero, Briz? Speak up. Honestly, I've never really liked that show. Ugh. Um, you know who all the dudes are, though. If so you had to suck one of their dicks. Oh, Luke Perry. See. Wow. Jeez. All right. It's been Jason decided. Beastly. Get the fuck I out of here. couldn't think of his character name. Priestley Schmeasley. I always thought that all the dudes on that show looked like kind of the same. They all had kind of the high hair with yeah. the sideburns. But then you had Steve. Like, 
the the is white the, the blonde, the, the blonde fro guy. Ian Ziering. I, 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 I always hated him because this is what people mispronounce my name all the time because of that fuck. It's Ian. I know there's an yeah. I. It's Ian. All right. I'm just saying. If if Justin Timberlake was a little bit more handsome. He you're would, saying he would get the Zac Efron treatment. You're saying that he is not as handsome as Zac Efron. No, maybe not. Zac Efron, as, he kind of has a. He he's kinda pretty, a, right? Zac Efron kind of has a pretty face. It's kind of hard to grizzle him up. Yeah, and I yeah. think that uh, it 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 hurts him as an actor because everyone just sees, oh, this guy's so pretty. This guy's the Disney guy, High School Musical. He's a pussy. He's so pretty. But Duke can hook it up. Yeah, I guess you do have to grizzle up your teeny bopper stars for people to take them seriously. Right. And it's tough. Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter is another guy. It's hard to hard to do that with. He's just got baby face. Yeah. And even though Leonardo DiCaprio DiCaprio is older, he always looks fucking weird when they try to give him some yeah. stu- some stubble. He, he, yeah, and make he him got look like a mustache and shit. But he, no. I think he can still do it though. I know what you're saying. You get when there he was... has a mustache, he looks like he's gonna go fuck children. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? I feel like you're gonna go fuck children. You said I, got, <laughs> I got stuck between saying kids and children. Children, my brain split. You were like Mr. Burns. <laughs> so. Makes him look like he fucks kids. He looks like a pedophile with that one. He has that silly little mustache. Matt, are you gonna be? Are you gonna be okay? No, I can't wait to hear you say that again. I feel like I'm gonna throw up. Wow, we this is this has really become dealer's choice tonight. This is the McSauce comic book podcast starring no comic books. Which is fine. Um, so back to Leonardo DiCaprio for a second. Um, <laughs> everybody that was a guy hated him after Titanic because I'm pretty sure that most guys kind of like couldn't stand that movie at the time because all I saw the, it twice like, in the theater. Second time was voluntary. Most guys, I said. Yeah, I saw um, it twice, both involuntary. Decent movie, but mm. yeah, but like. It, it kind of annoyed you because like fifteen year old girls saw it like thirty times and it and because that like, shit was everywhere. Yeah, and uh, like I was just so tired of Leonardo DiCaprio. I was like, come on, give me a break. And then like I started warming up to the idea of him though. Whenever he was in like rumor, like casting rumors to play Anakin Skywalker, um, and then I started thinking like, well, he kind of looks a little bit like Jake Lloyd. If Jake Lloyd grew up, like I could almost see that they kind of both have like slightly misshapen heads and kind of weird faces they're Um, not traditionally handsome leonardo dicaprio is not traditionally handsome no what you're saying really wow okay you don't think you think he is ah man it's it's hard to disagree with a lot of women that would say yeah it's hard to argue yeah but he's not leonardo dicaprio i don't think gets put in the category of a like Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds or Ryan Gosling, yeah, those or are the Hugh lambs. Jackman. Yeah, we're talking about handsome dudes tonight. No, I'm thinking about children. children. 
<laughs> I don't know what you guys were just talking about. <laughs> we were talking about children. We're talking about the han- the hansibility of um, Leonardo DiCaprio. I, so, so whenever it turned out that he didn't get cast as Anakin Skywalker, I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. Like, he would have really been good. Like He would have been awesome, right? Yeah, like... Maybe he could have delivered some of those wooden lines better than than Hayden was able to. I don't know. Um, they were pretty bad, so who knows. But uh, I think part of maybe what hurt him was, from what I understand, um, the movie The Beach. Do you guys remember the movie The Beach? Vaguely. With Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I don't really Wasn't know. Was there drug smuggling or gun smuggling or something in that movie? I think so. Um, but anyway, I, I from what I understand, uh, Ewan McGregor was up for that role, and I think there was like some kind of feud between the two of them, and ultimately it went to Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know if this is true. This is all like going back several years, um, but uh, maybe that's what led to him not being involved. Although I'm starting to hear his name in some rumors for the new Star Wars. Really? Yeah, and. <laughs> If we want to bring this back into at least like nerd culture instead of like. As long as we talk about handsome men, then sure. Yeah, well, if you want to talk about handsome men, another very strong rumor this week is that Ian McDermott is going to reprise his role. Ian. No, Ian great no. fucking name. Is going to reprise his role no. as the Emperor. Oh, no. So Are you saying the rumor's incorrect, or that you don't agree no, with No, 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 he's, he's getting okay. started on the hate train. Okay. Picking up speed. Do you want the Emperor in these movies, Matt? I... Do you think it's there maybe flashbacks? Uh, there, there's, no, there's no context to it, so I don't have a, necessarily a strong opinion. I... If you go back to, like, a 19... I don't know what it is, 1980 interview or something like that with Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill revealed some like tidbits that George Lucas had basically told him about what the future of Star Wars is going to be. And uh, from what I understand, at the time it was going to be four trilogies. Um, four trilogies? I think so. I think there was going to be 12 movies or something, but I think it's been whittled down to nine which then got whittled down to six, now back up to nine. Um, <clears throat> but for the final trilogy, supposedly there was going to be like another kind of struggle like on another plane, like the Netherworld, which is like with the Force ghosts having some kind of struggle or maybe they're being called upon. What a crazy-ass movie that would be. It, Force ghosts, bonanza. Yeah, or, I, I would hope that it's all... Blue translucent dudes. That's what I have in my head. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's what it would be. Oh my god. So the the rumor is that that the emperor is going to come back, and he'll he'll be a force ghost, and he will have been communicating with a secret apprentice that he had during the time of Darth Vader that he was training. Maybe Darth Maul. I don't know. That was kind of like my thought before any of this stuff was like, you know, like expounded upon. Yeah. So, um, so he's got this real life apprentice who my guess is Luke or Luke's apprentice will have to deal with. Um, but it looks like Luke might be 
communicating with some old allies because from what I'm understanding, Ewan McGregor might reprise his role as Obi-Wan, but obviously an older Obi-Wan, yeah. so they might have to like put some makeup and shit on him to make him... Or how CG cool, the shit. How cool would it know? be to see Luke talking with the ghosts <clears throat> of Yoda, Ewan McGregor, Sebastian Shaw, and Liam well, Neeson? Sebastian Shaw is dead, so... I don't Isn't see he from X-Men as well? Oh, I would rather see Kevin Bacon than Hayden Christensen as a force ghost. Um, I, I think we're going to see that on some level. I think yeah. there's going to be... And, and the more I think about it, the more relevant it seems to me. It's like you're, con, like you're still letting these core characters have a role in the overall story and I'm hoping that these nine movies represent the Star Wars saga when it's all said and done yeah. like I, I don't necessarily want it to go on and on and on and on um, unless um, they kind of mm-hmm. like not reboot but start over with a completely new maybe timeline or, or something or start in a different point of the universe even I mean I know that would be really hard maybe but um, but, but I think nine movies seems very sufficient to tell the tale, um, and and I think I it's really three cool. Was. We gonna roll out the Ewoks TV specials. Yeah. The canon. Those are great. <laughs> but uh, and from what I understand, I know that Ian McDermott wants to come back. So like, if this is what they want to do, he will be doing it. Yeah. And the rumor is that he's already signed on. Um, I, I don't know if I've heard whether or not that Ewan McGregor is signed on, but um, well, he's already stated he, he's already stated at some point that he wanted to do an Obi Wan movie. Yeah, he and signed, be honest, he, I would I'd be really, I'd be really yeah. into that. Yeah, I he, think that would be really good. He, he's he's been interviewed a few times, and he said absolutely he would be interested to uh, to be Obi Wan if they wanted him to come back. He would do it for sure. Um, I mean. Ewan McGregor's portrayal of Obi-Wan Kenobi... I mean, as much as I like Alec Guinness, Mm -hmm. I may like Ewan McGregor even better as Obi-Wan. I mean, he's been him for longer now. I mean, he's... He's owned that role. Yeah. and He's uh, had more screen time in total as well. Way more. Right. And, And being a fan of the prequel movies... To see them kind of tie the prequels in with the classic trilogy and move forward into this new one, I would really like that. I think that the potential is really exciting. So I'm not going to be a sourpuss like my co-host Paul. Uh, I'm I'm very optimistically excited about it. I'm a, I'm a ten and a ten on the on the Double expectations tens. and excitement level. I'm really excited about anything new Star Wars. I think it's going to be really cool. I'm I'm excited that there's going to be, you know, a fresh take on it. It's going to be totally I I'm hoping it's going to be a little bit different than what we had in the past. It'll just be exciting to see um different different people handling those characters. Yeah. Fans handling those characters. I I mean that's what J.J. Abrams is is he's a he's a big fan of that and and he gets movie. it too he gets why those classic movies were so good um, I don't think he'll do anything to to abuse or jeopardize the the future of the franchise I think he's going to treat it very delicately and respectfully um, I mean I think I talked to Paul about this at work or something that um, if I had my pick of any director I. 
the more I thought about it, I thought that um, Tim Burton, no, Brett Ratner. Who, who did I say? I, I can't think of his name right now. Um, uh, John Favreau. <clears throat> I thought that John Favreau would be kind of the the more, I don't know, maybe safer choice, um, but. J.J. Abrams is just a big fan, so I feel like he'll he'll take care of it. So anyway, the the other bit of Star Wars news is that um, it looks like Disney came out during the D twenty three summit or whatever the hell it's called, and uh, one of the high ups at Disney said, "Yeah, this movie's on track. It's going to come out summer of twenty fifteen." But now the rumor is actually it's looking like it's going to be Christmas of twenty fifteen. Okay. Because they're going to try to let Avengers 2 own the summer, and then Disney's going to obviously then try to own the, the winter with Star Wars. Do you have a problem with that? Because Star Wars has traditionally been a summer blockbuster. It, it does feel a little weird because, I mean, I don't remember summer 1983, really. Um, although I did go to see that movie, Return of the Jedi. Uh, but... <laughs> um, Ironically, I went the day after Christmas to go see it because movies were still in theaters during that time. So I, I saw that then, but the prequels were all summertime releases, and there was just you know like a, a general feeling that okay, it's the summer, so now we can kind of get. I don't want to have to wear a coat over my best friend fatigues. I yeah I, <clears throat> movies have such, short shelf lives now in the summertime like no matter how big it is if it's avengers big it's still only going to be huge for three or four weeks till something dethrones it but there's more of a build-up don't you think don't you think that there are more advertisements in the summer there's more maybe not technically but it feels like there's more promotional dollars put into those summertime flicks i for the most part, yeah, but I mean, there's, I mean, all the Lord of the Rings movies have come out in the winter, and those have all gotten huge pushes, and they've all been hugely successful. I feel like it doesn't really matter when the movie comes out. Um, the movie's gonna do great, no matter what. As Star Wars should just be it. like, fuck it, and come out in February, <laughs> and just roll. Um... I the only, the thing that upsets me the most is that means I have to wait like six more months. Yeah. If uh, if they push it to to the uh, Christmas time, um, although it would be a nice Christmas present, a new Star Wars movie. Um, Matt, what what would it take? What would they have to reveal leading up to this movie for you to be like, fuck it, this is gonna be a train wreck. I I don't even know if I want to see it. Because um, I feel like they could do whatever and you'll be like, yeah, I'm excited. I want to see it. I want to go see it. Um, if they recast Luke, Han, and Leia, I would probably really be a little bit like thrown off by see, that. See, I would I be. You were on. Board I would for be that into earlier. that. I was never on board for that. Not even a little bit. I thought you were accepting of it. I was accepting of maybe like if they do a Han spinoff, like a younger throwback well, story. But like this is a continuation. These actors, from what I can tell, it looks like. Disney is basically telling them, don't you dare say anything. But from the little bits that they've been allowed to say, they want to do it. And if they want to do it, and they're all aware that this is, you know, a passing of the torch kind of thing, like these characters aren't going to be the main characters, it's got to be them. It's got to be Mark Hamill. It's got to be Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. Yeah, I, I mean, with the way that it is now, 
that's what where they're going. I'd be totally fine if they said, look, we're recasting those characters with younger actors so we can tell <clears> these <throat> stories again. They've done it with Star Trek. They've done it with other you know, incarnations of different things. I'd be okay with well, it. Well, they did it with Star Trek as a reboot. reboot. This is yeah. a continuation. And, I mean, obviously they couldn't yep. do it for the prequels necessarily. Like, obviously yeah. Ewan McGregor had to be cast to be a young Obi-Wan, but when they could do it, they still brought the original guys back. Like, Ian McDermott as mm-hmm. the Emperor, they brought him back. Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Even do you feel Kenny like it's Baker. a slap in the face to people if they would... To fans, if they would recast, like, would you would you be I don't upset? Know if, I don't about know if that? it's a slap in the face. I mean, it's yeah. just my preference. I yeah. I wouldn't be down with that at all. Um, I mean, I I don't know what it would take. Like, I had a dream actually where I went and saw Star Wars, and like in the dream, the movie was like. There were there were jeeps in it and and it was like clearly set on <laughs> Would Earth. Would that fuck your day up? <laughs> and I I was like, this if they is, came to Earth, this is yeah, like, that would be the style. Masters if, of the universe. If they did time travel shit, that would be unacceptable to me. Oh shit! What if they, yeah, what if they pulled a Star Trek and just kind of reboot it? That's yeah, what, yeah. What if they did secret? That's what I despise about the well. What if it was in an. Uh, alternate reality Star Wars. That kind of shit. Dystopian future Star Wars. Ah, uh, my like lightsaber said, boner. Luke has a big scar down oh, his eye. Oh, I love it. He may, which he may. Like I said, I feel like the people that are in charge are very respectful. So, like, I I have a lot of confidence that these are going to be really well made movies. Well, Brian Singer was really respectful making Superman Returns, and that just kind of puttered out. Not to be a wet blanket, just to play devil's advocate, as uh, Ian's so fond of doing. No, you have a point, um, although <laughs> I would say that I don't think Superman Returns is nearly as bad as um, the... Uh, You're a know. fan of Superman Returns. I agree, that's why I said puttered out and well, not big I, steaming pile of crap. I, I, yeah, I am a fan of that. I think it's a pretty good movie, actually, and I will also say that most people did like it when it first came out and it's been like uh you know like monday morning movie critiquing uh since then and people have like kind of jumped on the hate train similarly to the prequels although um to a lesser degree obviously i i I feel like it's more drastic with superman because it took a long ass time for me to hear Negative yeah. reviews on that. Whereas the prequels, there was still... Even when they were in theaters, people were like, eh, I don't like this stuff. Uh, or, in Paul's case, directly after seeing Attack of the Clones, Attack of the Clones he, was, yeah. he was upset and didn't like it. Whereas Superman, I think we all kind of <clears throat> dug it for a, for a while. And then upon second and third viewings yeah. of Superman, I think it kind of wore off. But it was... It was it was years before I started I, hearing rumblings that that movie wasn't... Yeah, the first time I heard that it wasn't good, I was like, what? Like, as if like that were the popular opinion. I was so thrown yeah, off by yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Was, I thought it was really good, and, and I loved Brandon Ralph. My only big criticism of that movie was that, um, you know, I know that Superman never throws a punch and all that stuff, but... I was I was so pulled into the story. I just didn't like the casting of Lois Lane. 
I felt like she was way too young, and, and there was, like, no chemistry, like, between... The really weird Superman relationship. And Lois. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, it, the it kid angle really screwed things up for me as um, well. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a ballsy choice, which obviously did not pay off. It was... It was um, high risk, know, high reward. Yeah. And, and it blew up in his face. But... Uh, That's all right. He's working again. He, he is. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that his X-Men movie is going to be really good. Super um, excited for it. And, yeah. you know, yeah, really I'll excited. tell you what, I need to, to watch, I will do this, I'm going to watch Superman Returns, and I'm going to watch um, The Man of Steel, and I'm going to watch them, like, back to back, maybe not the same day. I was Paul. like, you going to bootleg this thing, or what are you no, doing? No, wait, <laughs> you to take your iPad no, to the no, theater no. and watch it there, and then go in? I'll probably buy it when it comes out, yeah. Man of Steel, and I'm going to watch them, like, maybe, you know, on consecutive nights, and I'm going to try to determine which one I like better, because... I'm not going to definitively say that Man of Steel is better than Superman Returns. Yeah, I wouldn't say that either. I, I, I would like to do that same test and see how I feel about them. Um, I think it's kind of unfortunate for Man of Steel that the most excitement the movie has generated is speculation of what is going to happen in number two. Right. Even before the Batman-Superman angle was announced, like... The movie, the movie came out, and no one was talking about. Oh, what about this? What about this? Yeah. All the positive excitement was well, where do the we next go one. from here? Like, Did you see we... that Lex Luthor yeah. truck? Oh my God, it's going to be awesome in the next one. And while I like Man of Steel, I don't think that's necessarily the best review. Well, what did you like best about Man of Steel? The sequel. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of what Batman Begins did. And that formula worked pretty damn well for DC the first time. Oh, no. I think people were really excited about that movie. Sure, there was a lot of... There was a long part of origin story, but I really liked Batman Begins. I was excited about it. It didn't have the same... You could sit there and talk about the things that were really awesome in that movie and not even bring up the the ending part where you know that the Joker is going to be yeah, the Yeah, I don't part. remember any immediate You're, panning of Batman Begins. Um, yeah, maybe not, not. Not to the extent Man of Steel has. I mean, the, 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 the biggest negative criticism, and it's still to this day, is it's really Bruce the Bruce Wayne the movie, which well, I'm cool with. Yeah, well, like I Iron thought Man was, 3 is Tony Stark the movie. Yeah, I'm, I was I enjoyed it. I'm cool with it, too, and, and I'm cool with the way they did Man of Steel also. Like, I was very satisfied with that origin story. Um... But I'm going to say that in Batman Begins, my favorite part, when I saw that movie, was the last 30 seconds when they revealed the card. Yeah. The Joker's calling card. I was like, I have to wait this long? i got to wait another two or three summers to yeah, see the Joker? that was your favorite part, though? Really? Well, because I yeah. love the Joker. I do, too. I do, too. And, I had a giant and, bat boner. Right. And there, there is, you know, the best part of the, you know, the, the hero-villain like relationship is finally seeing these two characters face off and I mean the Joker as we know (laughs) based on our own research is clearly like the premier villain we do have definitive research on this nobody can back us down on right. this one. And, and you're just dying to see, like, well, what, what's the Joker going to be like? Yeah. What's wh- how? Are the, what's this version of him going to be like? This is, okay, this is the Christian Bell Batman. What's the... 
Nolan version of the Joker, and you were just teased. And I think it was it was nothing like anybody could ever have imagined. No. Now it's easy to say, oh, okay, it would be really realistic. Yeah. But you going in, you didn't know what right. the Joker was going to be in right. the sequel. But like, I mean, the Batman Begins was so well realized, such a, I think a a well thought out and well established world that you you were just left with really um, your your own ideas based on that world, which were pretty like impressive. You but know? setting that world up was real cool. How re- I know that you guys don't really dig. How realistic everything was, but right? I, no, I really like. I can appreciate what sense. they did there, but the flip side of that is, I think you're excused. I think the Man of Steel did that very similarly, and then it hints at things, you know, the yeah. Lux Corp truck and the Wayne Enterprise um, satellite and little things like that. Um, and you're just like wanting to see that now. It's like, oh, come on, you're teasing me, but yeah. like because of that tease, it almost makes the you know the payoff even better. I mean... Tease and payoff. I think that, you know, the way they did Batman and then The Dark Knight was the right way to do it, you know, for, for setting it up in that way. Speaking of Man of Steel sequel, one of the big bigger rumors of the past week is um, who is going to play Lex Luthor and two of the names that have been bounced around the most have been Brian Cranston and Mark Strong. And if they pick Brian Cranston, I'm going to be disappointed because I think he's just the hot hand right now. And I think Mark Strong is a better way to go. He's a little more in the same age range as Henry Cavill. I think he's he'll be able to last, last longer if the franchise winds up going a little deeper than one movie. And you base this on your past experience with any of Brian Cranston's work? I'm not saying he'd be bad at it. I'm saying I prefer Mark Strong. Hasn't Mark Strong, isn't he kind of like in too much, though? It's like any time a villain is needed, it's like, oh, Mark Strong. Because he's really fucking good at it. And he looks great bald. Well, that's the only way he looks. So you don't want Mark Strong because he's he gets too much work. Um, But you want Brian Cranston, who is a higher, much higher profile actor... Does high profile oh, matter to you? That. What? Does, does high profile matter to you? Does it does it make somebody No, I just said why I think not, Mark Strong would okay. be a better Lex Luthor. Because I think that Christian Bell, even before he was Batman, was a high profile He's pretty high profile actor. Um fucking Heath Ledger was a high profile actor. Um I don't think Brian Saying all this, I think I agree with you. I, I don't think, think Mark Strong Brian might Cranston be a better pick. Is would be bad. I think he I think he'd do a fantastic job. I just think he's too old. I don't want to see he he I don't want to see definitely looks older in the Lex face. Luthor. I don't know if he's that I don't think if his look is that much older. It's pretty old. Okay, Mark Strong 1963. I don't I haven't really given him much thought, but like Brian I mean, Cranston 1956. Okay. I'm not sure that I'd pick Mark Strong just cuz he's like a bald dude and he plays a bad guy. Oh, I'm not picking him. Just but, because of that, I'm picking him because I like him. I, he's been I a have, pretty good. I've liked him bad in guy. everything he is, I've but seen. But it's him. like, <laughs> I feel like he's always the villain, like in every yeah. fucking movie that I see anymore. Do you have Do you have a personal pick for who you think would be uh, a good Lex Luthor? Think I, Robert Downey Jr. Well, think, I'm trying you know, to think. Flipping it around, making the good guy the bad guy, I'm because trying, he's got to be a believable bad guy. 
You don't think that Robert Downey Jr. is talented enough to be a believable bad guy. Is that what you're saying? Would you believe Robert Downey Jr. I would is a cast, bad guy? I will cast Luke Perry as my Lex Luthor. You know what? Maybe they're both tool. Mark Strong's 50. Yeah. I don't have uh, anybody in mind, but like I would think you just need somebody with um, a lot of charisma, a lot of intensity, um, but not not like the way Kevin Spacey played it when he was Lex Luthor. Well, I, I think I you'd have to have Kevin somebody... Kevin Spacey was playing Gene Hackman playing Lex Luthor. I think you have to have no. somebody that is, believ- that is believably likable to the public this time. Where he doesn't come off as yeah. always the bad guy, clearly the bad guy. He has to be likable for most of the movie, and that's going to provide the friction between you're supposed to be rooting for Superman, kind of like this guy, too. He has a point, right? That's fair, and that's where Mark Strong's resume works against him. Because he has such clout as the bad guy. Yeah, he's like. But I also like think he's guy. a good enough actor that he'd be able to, he'd be able to turn that page and really be charismatic and really make you get behind him. Well, now that that movie Paranoia has come out with a bald Harrison Ford, what do we think of Harrison Ford as Lex Luthor? He's, he's too old. He's too old and he looks weird bald. He does look he weird He does look bald. weird bald. Thank God he never went bald. What about Gary Oldman as Lex Luthor? Yeah. Fantastic Get, actor? Yeah, fantastic actor. But... Is, uh, Lex Luthor, I don't think that <laughs> But does he look idea. bald? Pretty old, too, don't we... 58? You know what? For as much talk as we did about Lex Luthor not being recognizable and no one knows who he is, all of the, not all of the talk, but a lot of the talk about this casting is about his baldness. Well, yeah, he's clearly a bald character, but people didn't know who he was. Right. But I, I think that his, like a staple of that character is his baldness. But it wasn't a factor in the Gene Hackman movie. Because he always had fucking hair. Yeah. But which was weird. This time everyone's like, "Well, can you do bald? It's gonna be a bald guy." Yeah. And every time you see the the actor comparisons of who can they play have photoshopped him, heads. Yeah, it's I, always a bald picture. Of that I will guy. say this now: they probably won't do this, but if they decide to bring the Joker into um, into the next movie with you know Batman, um, I, and I said it at the time, and I still believe it that. Adrian Brody would be the best Joker. I feel like the guy's face is just made to wear that makeup. Yeah, and, and he's a good actor. He really sold me in Predators. Yeah, right. He was as soon as I saw he was the lead guy. He was the army guy. He was the badass lead in this movie. I was like Adrian fucking Brody, the skinny scarecrow looking guy. Did you but like he, Predators? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was solid. Better and than he Predator 2? He was fantastic in it. He I sold me on that. Predator 2. He was Diesel. You've never he seen was. Predator 2? I would need to re-see it. Oh, it's, okay. I haven't seen it since it came out like for Rent. I'm not sure if it holds up now. Um, I saw it whenever it came out for Rent. And uh, very excellent. There's a fly on the table. Yeah, Adrian Brody would... Uh, I, I, I've always thought Adrian that Brody, he'd be a good Joker. That nose that he has. The giant you know, face. Yeah, and and he could go back to his like scrawny skinny days. Like, I mean, how tall is he? Does it say on there how tall Adrian Brody is? I'm sure he's a pretty. He looks like a pretty tall gentleman. Um, and th- then another rumor that I heard is that um, Warner Brothers is 
gonna throw a ton of money at Christian Bale to reprise his role as Batman. They they really should pay him whatever. Looks like the fuck he's six he one. Six one, perfect. I really think it's going to be for me personally, it's gonna be really weird to see somebody else so recent to play Batman. Just like Spider Man? No, I was okay with that. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> But no, I just want Christian Bale really bad. Whereas by the time, do you want Christian Bale really bad? Yeah, blah, 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 blah. yeah, I do. Well, that's fine. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with. What it. if he tones Back that down? Round. I mean, like it's. I'm even okay. Ramp it the fuck up. I like it. Backbrow all the way. Totally. Backbrow nation right here. Totally indecipherable. Yes, I don't want to understand a fucking word of his dialogue. I just want to be scared. Bad metal. <laughs> but um, sounds yeah. like a heavy metal singer, right? What what oh, way worse? Did that bother you guys a lot? Back row? Um, it did the more I paid attention to it. Like yeah. when I first saw Batman Begins, I honestly didn't really think about it much. Yeah. But then by the third one, you're like noticing every single word he says when even he has at, on the costume. Even in Batman Begins, the first scene where he's he's on the he's on that stairwell, that tram stairwell yeah, talking yeah. with Katie Holmes. And it's just oh, oh. I was like, man, he's really He's rowling it up. And when he's holding flasks upside down. Yeah, swear to me. Swear to me is Yeah, even, even on the first viewing, I was like, ooh, is he going to do this the whole time? And he did. I, I did like when he introduced himself, though, when he did say, I'm Batman. That sounded pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that was he, a good, I'm Batman. I think in the first movie, too, it wasn't quite as rough as it was in the next two movies. In the there third, was a little bit more of a whisper to it. The the oh. point that the point that gets brought up about the third movie is whenever Catwoman is on the rooftop with him and he's sitting there and she leaves and he's talking and he says oh, that's right that's what it feels like but he says how it does is, he say it so that's what it feels like I don't that's know. pretty good <laughs> and he says that was, it that in, was too whispery and he says it in the background voice yeah which is weird because whenever he's with Alfred sure he doesn't get into where. In the animated series, when he is just alone or with Alfred, he, Kevin Conroy talks like Batman, not Bruce Wayne. Right. Yeah. Which would be hard for Christian Bale to do the whole fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's one of those things, like, it's like, once you notice it, once it's in your head, you can't help but pick up on it every time. It's like Hermione in the Harry Potter movies... That the actress um, Emma Watson. Emma Watson. In what the, are these movies? I'm unfamiliar. Harry Potter. It's about magicians and stuff. Oh, that sounds delicious. Um, her so I eyebrows. They're wizards. Her eyebrows are like these windshield wiping like caterpillars. Wow. Are we really gonna get mm. eyebrow deep? I'm telling you. I love. There are probably thick eyebrows. brows. Yeah, give Post, me a thick brow. You will find probably. Dozens upon dozens of animated gifs of her eyebrow acting that you can put on the site for this week's episode. Well, you know what? I she like was... some thick eyebrows. Give me some Lucy Hale. Yeah. She was young. She was learning how to be an actress. She was. Yeah. Give me some. Give me some thick brows. I appreciate a thick brow, like Camilla Bell. Oh, Camilla Bell, famously from Jurassic Park. Mm, famously from uh, the call is coming from inside the house. What's that called? Uh, house call? That, uh, uh, was that hostile? Tyler Perry's house call? That's not hostile. Come on. Tyler Perry, how dare you? I don't know that. Why would you think that I would know that? 
I think half of you would know that. Ooh, I kind of vaguely remember that. Camille Bell, Calls Coming From Inside the House. What the fuck is that movie called? It was alright. I don't know. Was it When a Stranger Calls? Yes. Tyler, when that's a Stranger a, Calls. Jeez, that's a Tyler Perry joint? No. Tyler Perry doesn't do movies with white people in it. <laughs> Except that Medea movie with Eugene Levy. Oh, because he's Jewish, not white. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's a thick brow. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the old... Thick brow? The old Harry Potter series. Yeah, let's get into this. Um, I left an innocuous post on Twitter as I was watching uh, Prisoner of Azkaban that I don't think Michael Gambon was a good Dumbledore. And I hated him the entire the entire way through. And I didn't expect any kind of... Uh, I didn't expect any kind of responses, but... Dom and uh, Matt over here both piped up. I didn't know Dom did, too. Yeah, Dom did as well. Right on, Dom. Dom did as well. That, um, well, you were, I, I think, I think Dom was a little more middle of the road. What did, uh, what did Dom, Dommy Dom say? There was, no, oh, nope, Dom wasn't middle of the road. Quote, Dominic Yossi. I disagree. There was no way a Richard Harris style of Dumbledore could have done what a Michael Gammon Dumbledore did. Michael Spoken Gammon. like a true cocksucker. Gentleman's game. Respect. Whatever. Yeah, Matt, Matt piped up too. He was in uh, Michael Gammon's corner. Uh, no, not really. Now um, tell me why, what, what you makes one... First, and then you followed it up with, uh, they were both bad choices. Uh, well, I... No, I, I dissed on, um, on Richard Harris, but I just hadn't gotten to my critique yet of Michael Gammon. Is it Gammon? Gambon? Gam- Gambon? Gambon. Gambon. Michael Gambon. Gambon. Okay. Now that we've established that. Does, uh, does he have any children? <laughs> I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what are you saying? Richard Harris likes children? <laughs> You're never going to be able to say it yes. the same as you did the first time. Yes, Richard Harris. Likes children. Hey, no one's gonna hear that. That was so light. Well, it was so whispery. It was so Richard Harris. He was. He had. It wasn't. You're clearly doing a caricature of what he sounded like. No, not actually. That was the best impression I could do. Right, best impression you could do, but that's not. That's not what Richard Harris sounds like in those movies. Okay, I I, I, I understand where you're going, and I get it. So he had a, a bad voice. That's your critique of the character. Uh, well, one of them. What are the others? I I felt like he he came across as feeble the entire time. There was no strength to the character whatsoever. Well, like I said in the in the tweet, he was horribly miscast. Uh, as was Michael Gambon. Um, the thing that I will say is Michael Gambon did have. A moment here or there, where he he revealed a softer side and it was a, a quieter, like more introspective who's, aspect who's, of the who's character. Whose favor is this? Uh, Michael Gambon. Um, they they weren't like they were definitely spread out. Um, I couldn't stand whenever his version of Dumbledore would like scream Harry Potter you know like in the um the Goblet of Fire when when 
They couldn't figure out how the hell Harry's name got put in the Goblet of Fire. You remember this, right, Ian? No. Ian's like, what? Um, no. But... I don't. But it was like, he was... Michael Gambon was the uh, complete opposite of what Richard Harris brought. Yeah, and, may, and, may, and maybe that has has a lot to do with uh, the jarring nature of the two actors cast that they went they didn't bring they didn't bring in someone to play it like Richard Harris or even kind of like Richard Harris no not at all he was such a departure couple that with how much of a departure Alfonso Cuaron's direction was compared to Chris Columbus on the first two thank god oh pizza (laughs) (laughs) pizza break folks don't worry Ian we're gonna talk more Richard Harris and Michael Gambon when we get back going we're back we don't know it's dealer's choice we'll see where the night leads us oh, can we talk about the Steeler game yeah we can talk about the Steeler all game. right we can talk about the gotham knights or whoever the fuck they were rogues rogues so uh rogues so before we left should be the central city rogues i think so before we left we we're discussing the merits of dumbledore in the movies Matt thinks they were both poorly casted. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we got to see the full breadth of what Richard Harris was capable of because he only appeared in the kid-oriented movies. We didn't get to see him under the direction of Alfonso Cuaron under, under much darker themes or even further when you get to Half-Blood Prince or Order of the Phoenix where you see much more depth of that character. Matt said that he didn't look very strong, he looked kind of frail, but he doesn't do anything in those first two movies. He pretty much just talks to Harry. He doesn't have to do anything. Granted, in 2002, Richard Harris was pretty old at the time, so I don't think you're going to get him get him out there doing any, you know, lightsaber duels or anything. CG that shit! But I think he had a lot more to offer as the Dumbledore character that we never got to see because he died beforehand. Under David Heyman or Alfonso Cuaron, he could have been pretty diesel. And what I always liked about Richard Harris is that he seemed to have... Do you want to go? 
I wasn't interrupting. I don't you. think you he's not chewing. Yet. No, I know you're not. You're I'm just chewing. watching Matt chew. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting to eat these things. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your point. What I liked about Richard Harris is that he always seemed like a, a warmer Dumbledore. Dumbledore in the books kind of takes on the position of Harry's father. And Alphonse, or um, Michael Gambon and Daniel Radcliffe never seemed to have that relationship. Um, Michael Gambon always seemed to be mad at Harry for some reason. Where even in those first two movies, in the books, by the time you get to Half Blood Prince and, or uh, I guess it's the end of Order of the Phoenix, where Dumbledore is crying and he's apologizing because he's put Harry through this because he loves him and he wanted to spare him this pain. You never get that. This kid's kind of like my son from Michael Gambon. You get like the yelling and screaming, Harry, who the fuck did you put your shit in the thing? And even though I know you clearly didn't do this, I'm going to fly off the fucking handle and scream like you're a fucking dirty cheater. So, I always I always felt uh, Richard Harris was a, a much warmer portrayal of Albus... Uh, Percy Wolfert, Percival Wolfert, Brian Dumbledore. I think I missed a name in there somewhere. It's okay. I think we know who you're talking about. So that's all. I don't suppose either of you have seen um, Wrestling Ernest Hemingway? No, I haven't. It's an earlier Richard Harris work. Is it a wrestling movie? No, it's about uh, Ernest Hemingway. It's about writing and drinking your brains out oh i like one of those i don't know why i wound up watching it one day it, it was on and i caught it just as it was starting and i wound up watching the entire thing and it was really good it was kind of like when i stumbled across jared leto and prefontaine about 70s track runner prefont steve prefontaine um i think i've heard of that and i was before. hooked as soon as i started watching <clears throat> that movie no interest in running or track and field but that and wrestling Ernest Hemingway were just such good movies from the start. I was sucked in. I've never seen that. I do like Jared Leto. I've never seen that either. However, I did see Harry Potter. <clears throat> and um, I agree that Richard Harris was a warmer, um, friendlier Dumbledore. Uh, and he also came a little closer to that kind of... Um, um, I don't even know how to say it. Like, somewhat absent-minded style. Like, a little bit... Like, like a slight level of goofiness, but, like, almost knowingly goofy. Um, Can I interject on this point? Yeah, go for it. I was thinking about it earlier when I was doing my show prep. And I, I, I feel like Richard Harris's Dumbledore was a little more... A little more clever, a little more cunning, where... Michael Gambon's was just as bright, but a little more mad scientist. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Um, <clears throat> there was... Um, you, you brought up specifically at the end of uh, Order of the Phoenix, the sequence where um, Dumbledore basically apologizes to Harry, and that is a not particularly weighty scene even though it should have been because in the book it was an incredibly emotional sequence in the book but it's heavy in the book it's heavy in the movie it's given 
15 seconds of screen time and I don't necessarily blame the actor on that I blame either the editing or the directing that's a, um, that's it's the biggest book that they had to cram into like three hours so yeah but that was an important scene I think I feel like they should have said you know what our movie can be 10 minutes longer or five minutes longer let's get this important sequence in there and they didn't they glossed over it as they do a number of things because those are pretty big fat books um but I don't think that as this the movies went on and Dumbledore had more and more to do that Richard Harris could have pulled off the um like kind of the intensity that the the character eventually required um he just seemed incredibly tired in those first two movies doing nothing as if like that's all he could manage to do um i don't th i i truly question how he would have been able to kind of pull off like showing more life than he did um but we'll never know what are your favorite Harry Potter movies? Do you have one that stands head and shoulders above the rest? or Paul? I hated Prisoner of Azkaban. Me too. When it came out. I had an Attack of the Clones type reaction after that movie. I left the theater and I was like, what the fuck was that? Because they changed everything. Yeah. And after watching, watching bits and pieces of it again the last couple of days... They change unnecessary things, like the entire Hogwarts landscape. Like, and it's 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 dumb shit. But like in the book, it says you know, oh Hagrid's Hagrid's hut is down, you know, gently sloping, you know, beautiful green lawn down from the castle. And then Alfonso Cuarón gets his hands on it, and it's down this treacherous fucking mountainside that's barely hanging on the side of this cliff. And I'm like, why the fuck would they change all that up? They made good changes. I like the big courtyard that they wound up using throughout the rest of the series. But then you have a scene like in Professor Trelawney's class where uh, they get, they're reading about what a Grimm is out of one of the books. And in the book, it's, it's Dean Thomas or an already established character in the first two movies. It's someone that's been cast. It's someone that you've seen in the background. And they give it to a totally different actor who's not even a character from the books. And it just seems like Alfonso Cuarón just did whatever the fuck he wanted at times. <clears throat> and that, that more than anything else, just rubbed me the wrong way. That Chris Columbus had already established a universe and Cuarón was like, well, fuck this. How many um, movies did Chris Columbus direct? Two. Two. But you, you didn't answer his question, though. Oh, I Thank think my, my favorite's probably Goblet of Fire. Um, who directed Goblet of Fire? Was it David Yost that did the, the final four movies or whatever it is? Um, I thought David Heyman did those. David Heyman? I, I thought, thought it was, was, name was I Yost. thought it was Columbus on the first two, Quran, someone else, and then Heyman finished it out. To the IMDb. Mike Newell. Mike Newell. Was, uh, the Goblet of Fire. Who was, and then Heyman finished the rest. Who was um, the fifth movie? W w what's the, the name of the The Order of the movie? Phoenix? I think Heyman finished it off from there. I think it was David, David Yost. David Yates? Yates. Oh, really? Oh, both wrong. 
And wow. he's the guy that took over the series through to the so, end. So, what the fuck did Heyman do? Is he just a producer? I think you made him up. I think he worked on um, He was a fictitious Labyrinth. character. He's something. Yeah, he was. Um, he worked on Labyrinth. Hmm. <clears throat> so uh, the fourth one's your favorite, Goblet of Fire. Yeah, I thought they. I thought they did a Goblet of Fire. Is a really thick book. There's a lot of stuff going on in that book too. That you know they had to they had to cut out and compress. But I think they did a much better job keeping what was important, keeping all the emotional beats. Mm-hmm. Unlike Order of the Phoenix, which seemed to just really kind of drag on. It didn't have. It just didn't have the emotion that the book did. Order of the Phoenix is, in my opinion, the worst of the the eight movies. Wow, eight movies. Um, I feel like it was it was the. I didn't read all the books, but the ones that I did read, I felt like it was the most misrepresentative, misrepresentative of the book. Um, I. Re- <clears throat> I really liked the um, the fourth one, the Goblet of Fire. Uh, like Paul does, I liked it that it kind of is the movie that bridges the gap between Harry Potter being kind of a kid's story to all of a sudden we're getting into more adult-oriented material. Um, Because the ending of The Goblet of Fire has a really intense kind of, I don't even want to say a twist, but like you're, you're stunned almost by what you're seeing. Does he lose his hand in the lightsaber battle? No, but it Heavy shit goes down. I think I think we can we can tell spoilers by this point. For Ian? Yeah, he is. He's not gonna watch them. I, I've already watched them. Uh, yeah, I when, didn't keep any of it. When Harry brain. comes back from the cemetery with Cedric's body, it's it's filmed just right. There's enough chaos in the crowd. There's enough. Oh my god, what the fuck happened? No one knows what's going on, and like Harry's just beside himself with grief very very well done uh, oh Cedric was Robert Pattinson how about that um but I really like the original movie because it sets up the world brilliantly you know a lot of people compared to to like the Wizard of Oz when it came out um and I like it too I really like the world that Chris Columbus established in that first one it's a great like kind of movie for everyone but I understand you need to get darker Mm -hmm. from there as it goes but because the characters age right but not such a drastic you know 180 that Karan did see I don't hate the third one I like the third one I don't hate it either but stylistically it changed a lot not like a little bit but like Paul said things about it changed that were established in the first one placement of like certain things at the school it's like somebody came in and overhauled the land the landscape yeah, that's over. weird that they would do that if they had two that, movies already clearly even, established even the willow looked different mm-hmm. it, was, it was it was a totally different fucking tree um but that what I really like about that one uh liking soundtracks like I do John Williams did that one that was the final one that he did and that actually has the best soundtrack out of the um, out of the, the three that he did. And it's the best out of the entire series. So, Harry Potter does have very distinctive music. <clears throat> uh, you can tell that stuff. Even as somebody that's a non-fan, I, you play Harry Potter music, I know exactly yeah. what it yeah, is. Yeah, I, th- I think what really helps Prisoner of Azkaban is the story 
is so cool the way it twists around and mm-hmm. you know it, it takes a lot of it, it takes a lot of twists and turns as you go through it, finding out who certain people are and you know where they've come from and yep. their relationship with Harry and the story really helps the the movie along and like the story is so good it helps you get over a lot of the little bullshit that yeah. drives me fucking batshit there's uh there's a lot of darkness in this one that hadn't existed in the previous two which is pretty interesting like they get into werewolves and things like that dementors dementors kind of scarier elements but with all that said i'm a big fan of the sixth movie the half-blood prince um i think that that has some of the, the coolest action in it um i think that um the plot really thickens in that one um and you know the end me, of um the end of that's like the empress strikes back yeah. So, that would be uh, that would be my my pick probably the, the sixth one. The Half Blood Prince is my favorite book. I read that book. Really? After I read the fifth book, I determined that the movies are inferior to the books, and I do not like going to the movies and being disappointed. So I decided I'm just going to go see the movies and enjoy them exactly as they are. And then if I ever feel like it, I'll go back and read the books, which I've never done. But maybe one day. What that I reminds me, I have like seven credits on Audible, and I could get like all the Harry Potter books on Audible. That Audible's, would be cool. that's a great service. I'm still listening to um, The Dark Tower, but I will complete it one day, no doubt. Whereas if I had the physical book, eh, probably not. It is really great, because like, I mean... In our in our lives, I feel like the only time we have a minute to relax is when we're driving or something. Yeah. And, you know, that's a really good opportunity to, to read, <laughs> to quote, read. I, I think you can get the same kind of effect from somebody reading to you as you are reading. I know people disagree Aud- with that. Is Audible a subscription? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get a subscription. You, I think when you sign up, you get... if. You get free, if you use a certain password, you can get free credits to it as well. Something like that. How much is a subscription? It starts out where it's like $7 a month. Well, I don't have a subscription anymore. I'll tell you. It's like 7 bucks a month for the first three months, and each month they give you one credit, which is good for one audiobook. Hmm. And then after your first three months, I think they jack it up to like 13 bucks a month. Yeah. But you still get a credit a month. I mean, you can quit after the first three months, which, which I was going to. What I did. Um, but I still have a lot of um, credits to, to use. Because I know that you can't cancel your account without using your credits or you will lose your credits. That's, yes, that's true. But, like, once you buy it, you actually own it. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a downloaded MP3 exactly. file that you have. Place through iTunes. Is this boring or what? I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm, I'm interested. Because... We've taken a lot of car trips recently, and you know, I think something like that would come in handy. But I, n- yeah. I never bothered to look into it, so I don't know. I don't really know what it's about. So for me, this is fantastic. It's funny that uh, you and your significant other are able to listen to stuff together on the ride, listen to audiobooks together. Mine would not have anything to do with that. Hates talk radio, hates podcasts. Oh, she, um, coming back from vacation, she su- she suffered through 
Fat Man on Batman and the Big Pole Podcast. Well, Fat Man on Batman. The Grant great. Morrison Fat Man on Batman? No, the Kyle Higgins Part 2. Well, it's really good. I really enjoyed that one. I really enjoyed the Grant Morrison one. I know you don't like Grant Morrison much, Matt, but have you listened to that, that one? Do I you did. like him as, as a guy when you hear him? He's, He's pretty charming. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow. Yes and no. I, I actually struggle understanding everything he says. He's difficult to understand. Because uh, of his accent? Yes. Because of his accent. Really? Yes. For, I haven't had for those that don't Kevin know who Smith Grant, doesn't understand what he's saying. Yeah, he has to repeat himself a bunch of times. For those that don't know, Grant Morrison is Scottish and has a very, very thick he's Scottish. He's very Scottish. Very. If, he's as yeah. Scottish as they come. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, you can have, no like... Sean Connery. He's more Scottish than Sean Connery. Yes. Whoa. I know, right? Whoa. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I enjoyed this last episode. I thought it was really cool. Um, the... Just some of the things that Grant Morrison, the way that he deals with so, comic books, are, is is different. Can, it sure can I, is. Can I, Paul? Can I say a spoiler out of the uh, yeah, Grant Morrison? Yeah, yeah, do it. Fat Man on Batman. Do it. Grant I don't Morrison. Need to to this tomorrow. Grant Morrison revealed that, uh, and he said it's as clear as day. Oh man, I know where you're going. At the yeah, end of this. Batman: The Killing Joke, Batman kills the Joker. We have all read Batman: The Killing Joke. Correct. I never got that out of it. I never got that Kevin out of Smith it either. Smith never got that out of Nobody, it. Nobody, I've never heard anyone say that. That, But that I'm going to have to reread that. I'm going to have to reread it. Go ahead, Paul. I will bite your fingers off. <laughs> That's, that That's story because you'll blew be busy up. interrupting me. Oh. Oh. That story blew up the internet last week. Did it? Yeah, and I didn't get I didn't get that either. And I think if I go back and and read it again with that in mind, I still don't think I'm gonna get that because that's Morrison's interpretation. Like if that's the way he wants to read it, that's fine. But clearly, no one else read it that way. And he even says, I've Batman never heard kill. I've never heard anybody say this, and it surprises me or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're I've such, never heard anything. You're such a genius, Grant Morrison. You he, blew our minds. See, but he doesn't come off as a prick like that. You've heard Grant Morrison talk. He's not a he fucking prick like that. He doesn't, but he says stuff like that. He does say things that, comes, that, it, that comes off like that. Grant Morrison in print is a total prick. Yeah. <laughs> if you just take the raw words he's saying, it's dicky and egotistical. But the way he's saying it doesn't come across that way. I agree with that. And I am not a fan of Grant Morrison's at all. But yeah, I can't say I am either. Um, I, just, I like him. I just don't like his work. I don't either. I don't either. I'm hit and miss with his work. You love it. I wouldn't say that I love it. I he like could, some of it. He could play Lex Luthor. Yeah. Good he, comic book villain. Bald. Not Mark Strong. He's got that going for him. I mean, I, I I like a lot of the. Are we interrupting you over there? I'm just trying to do something here. That's all. <laughs> it's part of the podcasting, so is don't it? worry about it. It is. Is it? What is it? Do you want to know what I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. I'm recording this podcast well, so I can also, for the fans, provide the um, the read along guide. Mm. Is that okay? Am I allowed I, to do that? I haven't seen a read along guide in a while. Because we've been getting them up on Thursday and Friday nights. Ooh. So. Why are they? Why have they been getting up so late? I don't know. Why are you looking at me? 
But anyway, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was doing. All right, just making sure. Is that okay? Uh, just making am sure I, it's work appropriate. <laughs> am I talking? Am I still talking while we're doing this? So, was there anything? Is there anything? Any Grant Morrison book that you do like, Matt? Um. N- no, I don't think so. Hmm. I, I like a couple. Like the first couple issues of Batman um, and Robin that he did initially before the New Fifty Two. I think by the third issue I was out. Yeah. Um, I like the first couple issues of um, maybe the Justice League of America. Action, action comics. I like the first couple of action. Yeah. You might like We Three. He's I a strong about starter for, but yeah, we did talk. That's an image title, right? Image title. Military animals are the stars of this one. You're a fan of military animals, as I know. Who isn't? Seriously. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I think you might like it. It it would if there was any Grant Morrison book that you would like, I think that would be the one. I feel like he thinks on a different plane than most people. I agree. And he brings the readers with him on this journey, if you will. I'm not interested in going on that fucking journey. I want to stay in the city. On the streets, street level, like Grant Morrison, you're you're writing Batman. Yeah. Give me, give me some street level no, Batman. No, no Superman, no All Star Superman for you. You didn't like that. I didn't read that. A term that's synonymous with Grant Morrison <clears throat> is high concept, and that's where he always he always loses me. He always does some weird, out there, wacky shit, and I just, I'm not interested. <clears throat> I'd rather have even my space heroes and super powered heroes. Be grounded on some level, but he always does some crazy like metaphysical type thing where it's just fucking. Out but you there. can go with that sometimes. Sometimes that's good. Yeah, and uh, there's a there's clearly an audience out there for it because <clears throat> he's a successful writer. But it's not for me. That's fine. I liked I liked his Justice League run, even though uh, the art of. Howard Porter, Howard Porter is trash. Yeah, I don't like Howard Porter but, stuff there. Yeah, I, I liked I liked that run. I thought that was some stuff got a little crazy. I thought his Batman and Son stuff deal. was all right. I didn't read that stuff. You didn't read Batman and Son with the Andy Kubert stuff. Was that? Oh, that was the in Batman. That was yeah, Batman. No, I I you don't. Didn't, you didn't I don't, think that either. Much like I didn't like Superman's kid yeah. in Superman Returns. I don't think Batman should have an actual child either yeah i agree yeah i think it i mean even if he knocks some chick up at 16 it I, really ages the character and these are all supposed to be like younger versions in the new 52 but all of a sudden he's only been batman for five years but that's not but Morrison's he has a kid fault. that's nine. that's dc editorial's fault for not having a sweeping okay we're restarting right. everything yeah, uh, except fair. for you green lantern and batman because it's popular that's fair, but going back, even if they didn't reboot, <clears throat> I wasn't happy with with Batman having a kid. I agree. Um, Grant Mor- can I can I say spoilers here? Yeah. Grant Morrison, um, essentially, well, for the most part, has with his final Batman issue, Batman Incorporated number thirteen, he pretty much wiped the slate clean, and he got rid of everything that he introduced to Batman long term right Damien dead and then he also killed 
Although he didn't create her, did he? Talia? No, she's been around. <laughs> Is that Neil Adams? Creation? Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams says. A weird ass Batman. He in killed the her. Bullshit. You hate Batman in the I desert. do. Um, but apparently now we have like all these clones of Damien or some crazy shit. It's. Weird. I just I want I want Grant Morrison's mark to be stricken from the record. That's bold. Of Batman, it's, I, it's, I feel it's, like not gonna, it's not gonna be though. Because now, have you have you really have you read mark. any of it, or are you just saying this from things that you're reading online? No, the my opinion of Grant Morrison as a writer is completely my own. As a matter of fact, I feel like most people online suck his dick. But have you but have you read any of these things? What I'm saying is, you, you're making these statements about a storyline that I'm not sure that you've read. Well, I didn't read every issue of Batman Incorporated. Um, but I read enough to to know that I didn't like it. Okay. And I also know that I don't like Damien. I don't... I felt like the introduction of Batman's biological son was incredibly unnecessary. Not only was it unnecessary... Doesn't it make sense? Doesn't it feel like that's a natural progression? How... If, if you're the smartest man on Earth, you're the most meticulous man on Earth... You're gonna You're fuck always, up and get some chick pregnant. You might tell you is that hot, man. No, you no, might just uh, um, it's Batman in the desert. It's that desert lust. <laughs> can't can't I control himself. I don't know how Bruce got a hold of Damien. Obviously, Talia had him for a while and trained him to be this little fucker assassin kid. Is it because? Damien to you is unlikable. Is this one a main oh, yeah, yeah, portion yeah. of it? Yeah, and, and I feel like a lot of Grant Morrison is reflected in that character. What's funny about about Damien, and I may have even said it on this podcast before, is that when Grant Morrison writes that character, who he created, I hate him. I hate him so bad, I, I can't have him dead fast enough. But when Pete Tomasi writes him in Batman and Robin, he was... Like, he was likable. He was enjoyable. He's he gruff, more, he but he's more, still likable. He had more dimension to him. You could see more facets of his personality. But, I mean, Grant Morrison just kind of made him a one-note character. And maybe it, it, I read more Damien written by Pete Massey than Grant Morrison. Maybe that's part of where I'm forming my opinion on him. I always thought that Damien was... He was a little asshole kid, but he had some value, and I didn't dislike him. It wasn't a character that I hated. Well, I just thought he was just a little gruff, and that's it. Overall, Grant Morrison is the reason I stopped buying Batman. Because he did... It started with Son of the Bat, with uh, Andy Kubert, Damian mm-hmm. stuff, and then it went into the Black Hand, right? The, or the Black Glove, or whatever that was. And yeah, then like Black Glove Society or whatever. When he tried to pull in that wacky Silver Age, like purple and yellow and red costume. And I, it was so fucking wacky. It was so indecipherable and on another planet. I, I quit. And teamed with that, all that Batman R.I.P. stuff was also the Final Crisis stuff that he Which also was, was responsible. Also terrible. And that was, that's a prime example of just convoluted storytelling trying to go think outside the box for outside the box and I'm sure in his brain it all lined up you know it all lined up perfectly everything made sense but even someone like me who's buying all those books and reading all of that stuff I was like what the fuck is happening I feel like every issue I got 
it felt like I missed it. I missed the issue before. That Even era of Batman and Final Crisis, I was totally confused every time. Yeah. I agree. I much prefer the um, the Scott Snyder uh, driven ship of Batman versus the Grant Morrison that we had before the New 52. Um, and also, I'm not a fan of um, Tim Drake being usurped by Damien. Um wasn't he? Was he already Red Robin at that point? Am I, am I wrong with that or no? I, I don't. You mean know. when uh, when Damien became yeah Robin? Was there, was there no Robin? Yeah. Was he Red Robin? Yeah, he or? was he was already Red Robin at that point because, you know, everyone loves to you know stroke the big fat cock of Kingdom Come, so we oh, had to have Kingdom Come. We had to have yeah exactly Kingdom C U M. So we had like, to have, oh yeah, to spell that out. We didn't get it's that. Clear it's clear now. It's clear as day. So we had to have the Red Robin costume. You have problems if your comes that clear. <laughs> which wasn't even opaque as come. Which wasn't even Damien. It was Dick Grayson in Kingdom Cum. They had to, they loved the costume. They had to bring it over. They even tried to bring in that electrical chick that was Black Lightning's daughter into the current DCU at some point. From what book? from Kingdom coming on your face. <laughs> At some point around that time, everyone had such a boner for Kingdom Come that they tried taking all these different facets. They were even using Magog at some point. Yeah. And he was just Gog then in Justice Society. So I mean, they tried forcing everything in, so they made Tim Red Robin. Red Robin. Yeah. They made Stephanie Brown Robin. Robin, and then promptly and then killed her. gave her... Yeah, and killed her. And then the that's Jason when they brought, treatment. Well, Batman fired her. And then she went back to being a spoiler. And then she died. And then Damien came in. So, I mean, it's... What is the plan for um, for Robin in the future of the Batman comics? Um, it's it's going to be a girl. I guarantee it's going to be a girl. This is your conjecture? No one at DC has told me it's going to be a girl. But but, but no one from, at DC has disagreed with his but from all of the, assumption. All of the fan hype for some type of Carrie Kelly type Robin, it's going to be a girl. If the new Robin is not a girl, I will shit my pants on this podcast. Whole turd, not just a squirty fart. I don't want to be not, not a shark. Not a shark. Yeah, it's it's definitely. I mean, there's so much fan outcry. Why can't Robin be a girl? Robin should be a girl. Why can't she be a girl? He's gonna be a girl. Why can't they just make it Tim Drake again? Because the new Fifty Two has fucked up Tim Drake so much that they can't they can't go back and fix him. Old Fifty Two Tim Drake. Oh God, he was so good. He's such a good character. You could fix it. You could fix it easily. If you if you murder Scott Lobdell. <laughs> if you if you fire him from all DC properties, maybe you could fix it. I don't want him going back to Marvel either. I hated him. Send him back to he was send him Marvel. back to Image. What did he do? Where he's from? No. I don't think no. He's he's he, a Marvel. He but was he was a Marvel guy in the wake of the Image. You know all all the artists moving. He got and also Chris Claremont left X Men at that same time. He got put on the book with. I forget who exactly it was even. Probably Andy Kubert. It might have been. It might have been, right? Um, Executioner's Song, somewhere it was in one there. Of it was either Adam or Andy Kubert. Yeah. 
think they both drew X-Men at some point. I think Adam did a run on Wolverine as well. Oh, yeah, he was on... Yeah, that's right. He was on Wolverine during that time. But Scott Lobdell in 2008 was the regular writer for Galaxy Quest, the comic. Yikes. You can see why that didn't stick around very long. Because mm, Scott Lobdell was on it, not because it was a bad concept. Right. I like Galaxy Quest. You didn't like that movie? No. Really? Yeah. Not at all? Um, I saw it when I was pretty young, so if I saw it, I would like to give it another chance. Ian, Galaxy Quest? It was okay. It was alright. I would watch it again. I think it's a solid Saturday afternoon movie. I love Saturday afternoon movies. I really liked it. So... Now, what do you guys want to talk about? Did you hear... Oh, we'll spoil it again for you. You're not going to have to listen to this podcast, uh, the Kevin Smith podcast, because we're going to talk all about it. Um, Wonder Woman. Grant Morrison's uh, writing a Wonder Woman mm. Earth One story. Good. Not going to enjoy that either. I don't know. I'm actually pretty excited. I like Grant Morrison, but I'm pretty excited for his take on it. It will be different, I think. And I think um, Yorick... I don't know how to pronounce his last name... From Swamp Thing fame is going to be the penciler on this. Oh, Yannick Paquette. Y- Yannick, Yannick. Huh. Yeah. Well, that that might pull me in. Yeah. Um, Yannick I really liked, really liked his the Iron Maiden guitarist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I what I really do like dope. about Graham Morrison is he loves DC Comics. He loves all those characters. He loves writing those characters. He wants to be involved in that universe. And though he may not be my taste. A lot of people love him, and he's able to bring a high-profile name like his to DC Comics and get people excited about reading DC stuff. Because DC doesn't have high-profile writers? They always get shit on by Marvel all the time. No, they don't. They Stop do. it. You well, have such Mar- an inferiority. Marvel, Marvel owns market Stop share it. all the time. They'll but it doesn't mar- mean that they, all the time. It's but that's just phony baloney bullshit. It doesn't it's mean not, that th- those are, it doesn't mean those that DC is worse. all the time. It doesn't mean that they have worse talent or lesser talent or lesser characters or anything like no, that. No, I'm not saying they do. I clearly don't think they do because that's the shit I read all the time. But you know, it's always oh Hickman and Fraction and Brubaker and Bendis and it's not John these guys uh, and Mark Wade even Mark though Wade he goes back and DC forth. Anymore. Mark Wade's DC. Mark Wade has burned his DC bridges. Oh uh, well, well, and, and DC burned them with Morrison Mark Wade, which and, is a, and the Jeff wrong Johns movie. and Brian Azzarello, who's Lemire. pretty. Yeah, I mean, and Scott Snyder. It's not those are equally, if not greater, names in the comic book landscape than the ones that you just rattled off guys like Snyder and Lemire are still Scott they're Snyder still, they're still climbing up get out of the fuck Batman's city. his first major Batman work he had a big hit with American Vampire Batman right yes. right and we're looking at the part of his career where Bendis had a big hit with Powers and then he got brought on to a Marvel licensed book Scott Snyder is a well renowned name Jeff Johns I'm not going to argue Jeff Johns. Grant Morrison, Brian Azzarello. Yeah, those are those are big names. But I said Lamar and Snyder okay. are still guys. I disagree with still Snyder. Still guys that I are agree coming into their Lemire. own. I, I agree with you on Lamar. I disagree with Snyder. I think he's fairly established. But that's just me. Fairly established. He's been Unlike, on Batman for two fucking years, man. You just How said, long does he have to do you, it for? You just said fairly established. Yes. Unlike... Guys like Bendis and Brubaker, 
who are established. They don't need, you know, pretext to that. I don't think Scott Snyder does either now. I mean, he, uh, he's he's been writing what a lot of people deem the best Batman of all time. People have said that. And he's been doing it for two years, almost three. I agree. And, you know, Bendis was doing that too before he became, you know, King Overlord of all things Marvel. Snyder, uh, yeah, Snyder's huge. I mean, Snyder's probably the biggest writer at DC right now. But he is still cutting his way through. He is just making it now. I think it's unfair to compare Snyder to Bendis because he, they're not really contemporaries like that. Jeff Johns has built the DC Universe in the same way that Bendis has How built. How about Matt the, Fraction? Okay, we can, yeah, we can do Matt Fraction. Matt Fraction would be more fair. Matt Fraction, Scott Snyder. More people know who Scott Snyder is, I think. Nobody listening to this podcast, but maybe the three of us. <laughs> oh, shit. Are we going... Who, who's an A-lister here? Who's a B-lister? Who's an A-list writer? All those guys that we just named right now are all A-list writers. Right. I agree. Matt? You are... Why are you sucking He's just like... Twizzler? Jesus. <laughs> I'm trying to suck the, the filling out. Filled Twizzlers? Oh, How sorry. do you eat filled Twizzlers? I just chomp. Do you I have just, a different I technique? I just bite them. Yeah. I don't suck on them. <laughs> it's so sick. Tips to lips, folks. Tips to lips. Yep. So Matt, what do you, what do you got over there? I see your uh, Comixology uh, app up and running. I was just looking at um, maybe different writers that we didn't mention that are still you know relevant or in the... So, um... Good. Well... You were bored with what I was no, saying. No, no, I, 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 I wanna, I wanna talk about Infinity before I forget about it, and so now you can finish what you're saying. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Kurt Busiek works for DC now. Is he a pretty, pretty big heavy hitter? He was he out of the game for a while. Yeah, he does Astro now? City with um, Vertigo. Okay. Why are you rolling your eyes? Because he doesn't count Vertigo as DC. Right. See, that's why. Busick's a big name, but he gets he takes a lot of hits too. Busick has been out of the game for like a couple years because of health problems, but I guess he's well enough now to. He's the one that tanked Superman when they relaunched New Fifty Two. Not George Perez. Yeah, I thought you blamed George Perez for that piece. I thought Busick was writing it and Perez was drawing it. I I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. I don't think you're correct, but I may not be correct. But Busick doesn't get the the flawless cred that the other writers get that we talked about. Because when you talk about Kirk Busiek, you always hear he's too wordy. Yeah. And he is. It's like reading a fucking novel when you read one of his comics. His Astro City was phenomenal. His um, his Avengers run was really solid in the late 90s or early 2000s. Man, I don't, I don't know Kirk Busiek. He wrote some Superman. Uh, I think he, he started writing that 
after they did one year later. Yeah, Kurt, really liked Kurt it. Busiek never wrote Superman. He did write Superman, but he didn't write New the 52 New 52 Super. run. He wrote it before that. Um, Who was the writer on the New 52 one? I'm having a hard George time finding George Perez. Ironically, Kurt Busiek wrote George Perez when they worked on Avengers together. George Perez drew the shit out of that book. He didn't take a single panel off. Like, the amount of detail that he put in those with the, all the different characters, really impressive. I never really read. I, I wasn't a fan of Avengers until New Avengers, to be honest. I didn't read any of the old 90s stuff. I hate George Perez's artwork. I appreciate the effort that he puts in and the detail that he puts in, but his style is so fucking 80s. It's, it's very dated. It feels him and him and Jerry Ordway are very similar, and no matter who colors it or who inks it, their stuff always looks like it's from the eighties. Those are the two artists I believe that that drew the Infinity Gauntlet, and I think they were beautiful books. Wasn't Ron Lim on those, or am I wrong? Were those eighties books? Nineties. Nineties. I thought Ron Lim was on that too. Well, he might have been Ron Lim. He was Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer. Um, actually, I have him here. But, yeah, I always like Ron Lim's artwork. I, I probably get it confused because there was a lot of Infinity Gauntlet crossover stuff that was going on right around that time, so he was pretty much involved with a lot of that. Um, yeah, it looks like that is some hardcore George Perez artwork. Now, I know that different artists worked on, like, different issues, so... I associate bad costumes with George Perez. Yeah. Ron Lim did do uh, an issue of Infinity Gauntlet. Because I want to say that Ron Lim also did the Infinity... Was it the Infinity War that was after the Infinity Gauntlet? That was the... All the um, clones? I guess it wasn't Jerry Ordway. So... Is this new Infinity series the retelling of this Infinity Gauntlet story? I, I don't believe so. I don't know, but I don't believe From so. From what I've heard, it's a spiritual successor. Spiritual wow. successor. Who came up with that one? The, the, the architects. The architects, of course. The House of Ideas. Man, that burns your ass so bad. It is egotistical. But it's you, very you fucking hate it. it. it drives me crazy that they call themselves that. They're not like, you know, it, it's not like someone brings it up and they're like, oh, you know, someone says that. It really makes us uncomfortable. They're like, well, when the architects got together and had all these great ideas, like, fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. Ugh. Your Marvel hatred just drips I'd be, all, I'd be mad all if, over the table I'd be pissed and down off your leg. If the DC guys did that too. You wouldn't. Don't lie. You would love it. Like, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't because I'd be like... Well, they are. I'd be like... They're great books. Now you're acting like the Marvel guys. The sports mentality you know that what? you bring you to know your what? comic book reading. Act like you've been there before. It's so silly. Mm -hmm. Do you like that they call themselves the architects, Ian? I don't, but it doesn't bother me in the fashion that it bothers Paul. It bothers you a little bit? Mm, it's, it's a little arrogant. Sure. But... About it. They Is don't it? need to. They, they don't need to. They don't need to tower. We know. I mean, they've done great work. They've built all the success over like the last ten years of this company. They've written some 
great books. They've brought in characters back from, you know, no one knowing who they are to being huge sellers for the company. But mm-hmm. we don't need a team name. No, no cats want to do some shit. I mean, that's Marvel's okay. the mighty architects. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you want to name yourself? That's okay. <laughs> Matt? I don't know if I like these creators that are trying to affect the entire universe. Um, back in the 80s, you just had up-and-coming writers would get on a book and <clears throat> they would reestablish a character, basically pull them back from the brink of cancellation and make that relevant, and that was exciting. They didn't need a company-spanning crossover every fucking year <laughs> so like a crossover, to, to yeah. make it... To make the the universe relevant, like the example that I'm thinking of is like Frank Miller on Daredevil in the '80s. Why can't we just get a good writer on a goddamn book for an extended run that becomes a classic? I and think that, it's just that, not how comics are done now. That might be what we're getting with Snyder now. His it is. his run has been fairly untouched by yeah. the greater DC community. Yeah, I mean even they're doing you know year zero or zero year zero year but it's contained just in Batman you know the furthest out they went with that was death of the family and that was only in the bat books um it wasn't a a company spanning event event I hate that word in comic books that's been going on since you know the 90s it's not a good thing but I feel like this shit started with Correct me if I'm wrong. House of M? Civil War. House of House M was of M before, was before Civil, Civil War. War. Was it? But there were many crossovers. I mean, I remember it's all, the it's X-Men all... universe always had the X-overs. You they, know? Yeah, they did, but that was the X-Men. Like These are the yeah. big... like they're, they're spanning into other things. The only one that I ever liked was Civil War, and that ended That's with such a, a pathetic piece of shit ending. <laughs> I mean, like, it just it just stopped. It was like the movie No Country for Old Men. It was, like, going along. It was, like, really cool. And then it's just like, I think we're done. I think we're done here. I just made you buy six books at four bucks a pop. But I don't If you're lucky, you. if you're a schmuck, you bought all everything with the Civil War banner on the top. Yeah, DC took a nice break. Um, whenever they rebooted the New 52, they took a good... The first couple years off, they're doing Trinity War now, which is... It's only across three titles, so it's not even that big Yeah. That big style that Marvel's been doing. Yep. Marvel seems to piggyback one event off the next, and they've been doing it since House Event. Yeah. It's like you don't get time to breathe or just take in a story because nothing's self-contained anymore. Mm-hmm. Like You can read Civil War and read it by itself, but there's all these little splinter storylines at the end leading into what came after that Secret Invasion. I thought Secret Invasion did a really good take on that, where they had the main book, but then the the titles, the two different Avenger titles, were sort of like behind the scenes of the things that were happening, and it felt like it all tied in. And you had an extra layer of the story if you read them all together. Some people, like yourself, didn't get that extra layer, though. Yeah, and we talked about this when it came out, that I, I just got Secret Invasion. And it was enjoyable. I liked it, but then 
I talk to you and you're like, oh, all this stuff happened. All this stuff happened. All this really cool stuff happened. All this he really like that. I did. All this really cool character development and emotional story beats. All this really cool stuff happened. I'm like, I didn't read that. And then he's like, oh, well, that was in New Avengers. That wasn't in Secret Invasion. And I'm like, why the fuck are you putting all the good stuff in the ancillary titles? I think part of my problem, too, is that they feel less significant if they do one every year. And, I mean, granted, Marvel has picked up the pace in releasing these books like on, on a weekly uh, level. N- Neck-breaking schedule. Some, a wa- a wallet-breaking schedule. But sometimes. For, but for years... Most it, of the time. What, what, Which ones are you pointing at that don't come out on time? Tell me when Nova or Guardians of the Galaxy comes out. I, I can't tell you when Nova comes out. Nobody buys that book. Is it canceled? No, but it comes out. Same with Guardians. It comes out. It's not monthly. It comes out when it comes out. Yeah, it comes out. I thought Guardians was on a pretty good schedule for a while. It was. Eh. Like the first three were. Uh, same with so, Nova. And now it's like. Hmm. Oh. Marvel Space, whatever. But <laughs> but you would have a, a series. Roost, motherfucker. But you would have a series. But you would no. You would have a series. Series. They would start, and then it goes six issues. So that's six months, and then it's over, and then. Six months later, oh, let's do the next event. So yeah. these events would only be like, you would have like maybe six months in between, and there's one every year, so they lose significance. And it's like, it, it's basically a gimmick. It is a gimmick, and I got tired of that. And now that we're talking about it, DC seems to be kind of going the like the old way that I prefer, where you let these series like kind of grow on their own and you let these writers kind of like establish their vision for the characters like Scott Snyder who's becoming this you know superstar in the comic book world or Jeff Lemire or Lemire or however you say his Lemier? name Lemier Lemier <laughs> isn't his first name Mario Mario Lemier, Mario Lemier. Well, yeah. I, I think with, with DC's... I'm afraid DC's going to get into the bigger stuff. They kicked off the new 52, and that was essentially ta- their... That was essentially their big crossover. It was just big event, whole new line-wide thing. We can do this, and we can cruise on this DC's for doing a the most years. gimmicky thing on the face of the planet with Villains Month and having all the books tie, be villain books. So you basically feel like you need to buy these books, even if you don't give a shit... About the villains. Yeah, the vi- but the villains books are more of a, I want to, it's more of a collection type thing. It's not more of a completed story. Like, you're not going to get anything from the Gorilla Grodd book that you missed in the Mr. Freeze book. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. No, it it's, feels, yeah. It's, it feels hugely gimmicky It's gimmicky. To me. Yeah, it's yeah, it's totally gimmicky, gimmicky. But it's not crossover gimmicky. I don't f- yeah, I feel like you pick and choose whatever villain you want whereas with the crossover events and then they do the the tie-ins like the Civil War tie-ins or mm-hmm. the the oh my god, the Avengers versus X-Men tie-ins. You have to like buy everything. But DC's are we we're, doing... we're we're picking and choosing here. DC as recently as 2 years ago did Flashpoint and Flashpoint was everywhere and there were tie-ins like crazy. Tie-ins. They've just Flashpoint taken was insane. All they've done is just take like not even really two years because right. they tied Swamp Thing and Animal Man together. They tied all the Bat books yeah, and together. That's, and that's those something aren't that company they're... spanning crossovers. Those are two characters or just the Bat books. True, true but right. we're, we're taking something... this two years as like this is a new direction. They're clearly going back to the old stuff. No, they're Whoa, they're doing they're on. doing their own they're doing their own thing 
which isn't the big Marvel-style summer blockbuster event crossover. They're doing little crossover in Superman books here, Animal Man Swamp Thing. Uh, they'll do something in the Green Lantern books here. They're doing little stuff spread out. It's not something that pulls in every I guarantee next you... year they will have a gigantic... They've only And you're saying it this based on what? Based on Just your momentum. Well, it can be my opinion. I think that they're going to have to go that direction and they're taking small steps to go in that in that direction. You can disagree, but it's my opinion. Right. I don't know if I agree with whether or not it's going to happen, but you seem convinced it will. I, I think that's the logical progression to um, where they're going. It seems to me like they're they're kind of following the trajectory of like the, the 90s style where you had certain families of, of um, books that tied in with one another like the Bat books, the Superman books. Um, but you didn't necessarily have that that big um, company-spanning event. And I've seen no indication that that's going to happen. I don't know where you're getting this from. I, I just think that that's the way it's going to go, If especially if we're always talking about Marvel's market share. Maybe that's one of the reasons why Marvel has that market share, is because they do shit like that. Uh, no, it's the movies. <laughs> okay, well, I'll have I rest my case then. <laughs> yeah, I I wouldn't be, ha- I wouldn't be I, surprised. I, I, let s- me say this: I don't like the company wide. <laughs> I, I don't want you guys to think that I'm arguing for something that I like. I hate that shit, and I refuse to buy all those books. It's so a waste of fucking money. So what just happened is Ian was just being difficult to be difficult for the sake of entertainment. <laughs> I agree. Hands. Self sacrifice. Send your thank you letters to at the song. <laughs> <laughs> I agree that uh, they get tedious, you know, like they kind of run into one another. It's like I'm trying to remember all the different ones that Marvel's had over the last 10 years. Um, House Civil, of M, House Civil of M, War. Schism, Schism. Schism. Well, that was, that was the self-contained X-Men story. Oh, was it? But okay. World War Hulk was a wide-spanning one. Um, that one across Avengers and right. I think Thor and stuff like Fear Itself. Fear Itself. Holy yeah. shit. Was that fucking awful? Um, those are the ones just off the top what of my it? head. Oh, Avengers versus uh, X. Avengers. Uh, also, another fucking awful one. Started off kind of uh, Secret yeah, Invasion. Yeah, it got bad and fast. Got, it, it started off okay, but then just got real fucking bad real quick. And like, wasn't Civil War enough? Why did we have to go Avengers versus x-men like oh i gotta thank you already on twitter because <laughs> you're, you're welcome I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if dc did some big thing eventually but i'd like to think that they they can read the public and they're that they're going to hold off because we've heard from more people than just us that comic book fans have like crossover fatigue yeah and they have for a long time but yeah. people keep going back and buying it Right. So Marvel's like, money keeps coming in, we're going to keep making them. With that said, I'm kind of interested in um, Infinity from Marvel, I, I got to tell you. Because I like the Infinity Gauntlet so much, Yeah. Like to me, that that's the mother of all the crossovers. Like That's my personal favorite. Is Infinity going to be a, a company-wide thing? Are there going to be Infinity banners on all the other books? Um, it might be more of an Avengers universe it, kind it of specific. And yeah. in, in humans, yeah, in humans like and Avengers play a big role in it. I don't think it's gonna be as as um, all encompassing as um, 
you know, some of the other... Fear itself. Like, Fear itself, like and, and last year's Avengers versus X-Men, I feel like that shit spilled into every title. Yeah. Um, so... I think we can wrap it up here tonight, folks. Oh, well, just as the uh, air conditioning unit shuts off for perfect timing. Well, uh, you gentlemen have any last words? Well, Are you going to kill us? <laughs> I think Brian might. Anything else to contribute? Well, I was just talking about Infinities, and I know that we're not doing a What You've Been Reading uh, segment, but I, I gotta give props to the digital comic book world. And they released a digital first Silver Surfer <gasps> Infinity uh, comic book series. And, and those digital firsts are like basically half issues or third issues. Um, kind of like Batman 60s, the first couple yes, of issues of exactly Batman like that. Exactly like that. The much so there's love. this new Silver Surfer tie-in to Infinity, which I don't exactly see how it is going to piece together yet. But I have to tell you, it was so refreshing to read Silver Surfer again. Like, he's got to be in my top five characters. Why, why do you like him so much? Because he's naked. Because he's naked. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I like his, uh, you know, Stranger in a Strange Land kind of like... Oh, the Stranger. Um, kind of how, personality. How long can you be the Stranger in a Strange Land? Because... You're going to acclimate pretty quickly. To, to the entire universe? Yeah. To the whole universe. Well, doesn't he just come to Earth with Galaxis, then he, no, he kicks starts. Galactus out, and then he stays here? No, he helps in the other 1960s, and things. But... Um, no, I mean, I, I see your point, but that's you know that's a continuity flaw of uh, comic books, really. But even if he's going to different planets, I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's a shtick. He's going to be used to going to different planets. It's not like he's going to show up like Paul Hogan in New York City. Well, it's the same yeah, but thing like his his um, Superman alien. being an orphan uh, from the planet Krypton. He doesn't have like that emotional strange land. But he's not. He's American. He grows up uh, an American kid. He's but, never strange but, in a but, strange but, land. But he's always an outcast because he's different than everybody. But at some point, don't you just acclimate and deal with it? Yeah, he's self-imposed different. He's not like he doesn't have a hard time interacting with humanity. So yeah, Silver Surfer doesn't have like kind of his because he's an alien. I guess his race isn't like particularly emotional or something. He doesn't have the emotional like kind of. Um, he doesn't have the Richard Harrisness. He doesn't have the emotional warmth. I don't. Then, I don't know what this is. I'm gonna have to watch um, that movie series so, that you guys were talking about. <laughs> but uh, I also like his his extreme. Silver power that he has um i find that kind of fascinating i always think well like who could actually beat silver surfer you had such a dreamy face on whenever you said i was actually i was thinking like superman versus silver surfer that'd be a badass fight silver surfer would blow yeah couldn't silver surfer just like whip him into atom dust or something i would imagine like isn't that what the power cosmic is like you can do whatever you want yeah, I always took it as just like laser beams out of your fists. Yeah, like really good laser beams. Like awesome laser like beams. Awesome like laser the best beams. laser beams. You take good laser beams and you amp them up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, think the of the of like the beams. strongest piss you've ever had. Like, what's life. the best piss that you've ever had but in your entire life? Couldn't like Firestorm turn his heart into like marshmallows or something and then kill? 
Well, no, because he's a isn't Firestorm a DC character? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I'm I'm just excited that there's a little bit of Silver Surfer out there. To Couldn't Jean Grey just lobotomize him? Maybe, but right? she's dead. Come on, Paul. Rachel Gray. Can she do that? She's like. What are you trying to like? Are you trying to trying to kill Silver Silver Surfer? Yeah. Are you trying to beat him? That's the answer to the question. Who could beat Silver Surfer? Yeah, that's that's what you. Paul McGinty. That's what you asked. You said I don't know who, so I'm I'm giving giving options. Well, you're just trying to kill the guy. Ian had a problem with my. I'm thinking like a cool fight. I'm thinking who would win in a fight? What would be a fun fight to to see Silver Surfer engaged in? You're thinking, well, how could I kill him like quickly like that? Well, that's what you want to do. You don't want to just fight. You want to kill the guy. No, I'm thinking as a fan of a comic book. Like, what do I want to see that's entertaining? Not that's like, a crazy how psychopath. quickly can Silver Surfer be killed? And in how, how few panels can it be done? <laughs> thinking, like, how can I fit this into three panels? <laughs> well, we know what the next McSauce script is going to be. The death of the Silver Surfer. <laughs> Four fucking panels. And he'll be dead by the last panel. I can do it in one. One, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. And we'll see you next time.